0: Hi everyone and welcome to Over the Rainbow Show with your host Bob Brown on Wednesday the 28th of October at 3pm Eastern Time, 12 o'clock Pacific Time and 7pm UK Time. And to all the listeners from around the world, you can go to Beacon of Light Radio chat on Facebook or you can sky me at Beacon Light Radio. <clears throat> well, we've got a fabulous guest today. Her name is Sherry Embry. She's an artist, a businesswoman, a Reiki master teacher, an author in the field of authenticity and spiritualism. Her first book, Journey of a Lightworker, is a breakthrough novel that crosses the mainstream thought with deep spiritual truths, reminiscent of the eat, pray, and love. The soul-stirring tale takes the reader, Reader on a journey of self-discovery and healing as a true meaning of life is revealed. Sherry holds an undergraduate degree in McMurray University in Abilene, Texas, and completed a Rice University Executive Program for Managers in Houston, Texas. She received a Reiki Master Teacher Certificate from the International Center for Reiki, training in Stonehenge, England. Very good indeed. Can we please welcome Sherry to the show? Hello there.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Bob, for having me here today. It's very exciting, and I truly appreciate all that you do.
0: Well, thank you very much. I, I, you know, I love radio, and I think a lot of people around the world love going on a podcast now. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) And I think it's a great opportunity for people around the world. Um, What was the inspiration for your book? I understand you have a very unusual spiritual experience that led you to become an author.
1: I did have a very unusual uh, experience. And to... Frame that up a little bit, let me tell you a little bit about my background and how I set up the events that led up to my spiritual awakening and sort of the discovering of my soul purpose. I um, grew up here in the u s in Louisville, Kentucky, and I had a pretty normal childhood. I eventually moved to Texas and went to college and then eventually I made my way to Florida, which is where I live now, sunny Florida but um, Looking back at my life, I think you could say that I was living the American dream, as we like to call it here in the U.S. Uh, maybe the, it's the U.K. dream as well. I don't know. <laughs> but um, looking back, I was yeah. married, and I yeah yeah I was uh, married, and I had celebrated my 10-year wedding anniversary with my husband. I had a good career. But I was working a lot of hours, and I was starting to get pretty stressed out. And my health was doing okay, but in all honesty, I was starting to become run down. I wasn't taking as good a care of myself as I really should have. And I'm sure the audience can relate to this, those times in our lives. And um, on the outside, it appeared that I had the perfect life, uh, that American dream I was describing, But the truth is, the dream was an illusion. It wasn't real. I was stressed out from working too many hours in a corporate career, tired and really just not eating right. And that's when something happened. God looked down at me and said, you know, Sherry, you're not really that happy in your marriage. And that husband of yours, he's a nice enough fella, but he's not really there to emotionally support you. And that career that you put all those hours into they don't really appreciate what it is you do and your health you're doing okay right now but if you keep up with the strength level something really bad is going to happen to you and we all know what that is the c word cancer right mm. and yeah. that's when it happened boom god did what i call a divine intervention Within the course of one week, my husband walked out on me. I was laid off from my job. They didn't appreciate all the hours I was putting into to work. And there was a major death in my family. Someone that I cared deeply for passed away. A a triple whammy, if you will. And I know that we've all been at that point in our life where the universe just kind of rips the rug out from under us to get our attention. So, at first, I think I went into shock. I didn't really know how to handle everything, but it just happened to me. And I had a tough time eating um, food. I can only eat the blandest vegetables, and I loved spicy food, but I, it just, food didn't taste good to me, and I ended up dropping quite a bit of weight down to 98 pounds, which is not very healthy and not intentional. But I remember one evening, I was sitting on the floor of my living room, and I realized I truly had two choices at this point in my life. I could either sit there and wallow in my despair and feel sorry for myself, which was the easy thing to do, or I could look up to God, the universe, source energy, and ask for help. And that's exactly what I did. And I picked myself up off the floor. I made myself eat and gained the weight back. And then I decided to go out and begin looking for a new job. And of all things, I ended up in the executive search industry. That's high level headhunting. So now I'm tasked with calling executives that I've never spoken to before, talking intelligently about their careers. And determining if they're a fit for the role that I'm working on. And if the only problem with that is it totally took me out of my comfort zone. I, it's something I had never done. And in all honesty, I took the job because I felt like I had to. I needed to. Mm. But like most things in life, it ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. And it gave me skills that I would never have pursued on my own. And it ended up being much more lucrative than what I was doing before. So now that I've gone through a divorce, it ended up being a huge blessing to me. And the relationship part of my life at that point, I decided to put that on the shelf. I really just wanted to take some time and focus on me. And do some healing work. And in that process, I really rediscovered my faith, the power of prayer, and the power of positive intention setting. And eventually, my life began to settle down. And things became much more normal for me. But I realized I wasn't feeling very fulfilled. I wasn't excited about life. And that's when I began to ask some very important questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what am I supposed to do with my life? And the mm. funny thing is, when you ask those kinds of questions, God always provides you with an answer. It just may not be the answer that you thought you might get.
0: <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. And that's true.
1: I can remember now, it was about seven years ago on Easter Sunday, of all things, and I was sitting in church. And all of a sudden I started to download an idea. And I remember thinking to myself, it was about the strangest experience that I had ever had. And I grabbed a piece of paper and I started jotting down some notes best as I could. And eventually I went home And I started typing up the notes. And for the next hour and a half, this idea just flowed through me. It was like I was channeling the information. And it was highly detailed about something I was supposed to do. And the idea was to write a novel. And the novel, of course, is called Journey of the Lightworker. And as you mentioned earlier, it's similar to Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, Um, which sold about 10 million copies and was made into a movie. And it's about a woman that goes on a journey across two continents. And ultimately, she discovers authenticity. She gets back to her roots and her core beliefs, self-love, which is the key to any great relationship. And she discovers her life's true purpose, which is that of a lightworker in this particular case. There was only one slight hiccup with the whole entire idea. I never in a million years ever thought that I would write a novel. It wasn't on my bucket list of things to do. And if you were to choose one thing that I thought I was probably the least best at doing, that was going to be it. (laughs) So now I had challenge to to, uh, overcome, which was my fear of doing something that I thought I was not very good at. And ironically, my business writing was very good. I could call things down into bullet points, have attorneys review it. And that was great. But to write expansively from my heart, I didn't think I was capable of doing that. So At the time, I was living in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I ended up moving about 20 miles north to Delray Beach, and I bought a townhome, and this was about a year later, and energetically, I just felt so much better when I moved into my new home. The condo that I had been living in before was pretty small and cramped, and now I, through the success of my new career, the executive search, I bought this new place and it just felt energetically good to me. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm gonna tackle writing that novel, even though I really am not convinced that I'm capable of doing that. And I started working on it. And to be honest, in the beginning, I sucked. It just, I struggled with it. It didn't really go well. And I realized that I was letting my fear and my ego get in the way. And eventually I get outside of my fear and my concern about doing something that didn't make me very comfortable. And I think in life, our life purpose and our soul calling can be exactly that. It could be doing something that we don't feel comfortable with, but it calls us when we know we're supposed to pursue it. And I'm here to tell you in the audience, if you have the courage to step forward with something that you're not comfortable with and achieve it, it can be extremely rewarding uh, in your life. And as I mentioned, um, at first, I really struggled with the whole idea. And I had this really big aha moment. I realized that when I could get out of my head, which again, with my ego and my fear talking to me about that, I can't do this and I got into my heart, my spiritual center, the book flowed through me. It was like a light switch went off or something. Mm. I, was ch- I learned how to channel the book by really connecting myself with spirit and the universe and really just allowing it to flow through me. And it became like a faucet. Every day I could turn it on, I could turn it off. And every day, it was there for me. I knew exactly where to pick up, uh, where I left off. All these ideas would flow through to me. And it was just like this amazing woven tapestry that I created. And as I mentioned, um, the novel is similar to Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. And my main character travels across two continents. Her name is Kira. And she's living the American dream, or maybe it's the UK dream, and she has it all. She's got the highly successful career, the attractive boyfriend. She's living in San Francisco, but she realizes that life is not making her happy. She's working all the time. And in an instant, the universe changes everything, and everything is taken away from her, and she's propelled forward on an unexpected journey kind of that divine intervention. And she ultimately discovers authenticity, self-love, and her life's true purpose. And the fun thing about the novel is that if you enjoy just traveling, you can really enjoy the book from that perspective. Mm. Um, You'll travel through Israel and through Spain, um, Japan, and then England, of course. And the England section is actually in Glastonbury uh, area. And yeah. I did my, yeah, I did my Reiki master there with 26 students from all over the world. And I ended up uh, writing that into the novel and it's really a heartwarming section of the book. And I talk a little bit about the legend of King Arthur and Guinevere that's tied to the area of old Isle of Avalon, so to speak. So there's a lot of uh, legends that are kind of highlighted in the book as well. And um uh, you'll see, like, historical sites and eat food at restaurants, and really you get the whole feeling of being in a, in a foreign country that you may not have journeyed to before. But the more spiritual you are and connected to God, source energy, the universe, the more you'll see what's going on in the background of the book. There's a lot of hidden meaning, um, spiritual allegory, and my character, as she begins to heal from old emotional wounds, she reconnects with her faith and she makes much better decisions in her life. Truly, the purpose of the novel is to inspire people to make change and not wait for a divine intervention. So, so that's kind of the concept of how all that came about. And uh, there may be a lot of lightworkers out there in the audience that uh, kind of
0: resonate with that perhaps. I'm sure there is because um, spiritual uh, works in different areas and different times, and I think it was your calling then it all came for you to start your book and I, I, you know um lots of different things will happen in the future for you as well. Um, when you talk about a light worker, what exactly is a light worker and how would you define that? Can we all be light workers then? If we choose. Yes, that's actually a very
1: excellent question. I appreciate you asking that because not everyone in the audience may be familiar with that term. But the term lightworker has been around uh, for probably about 40 years. It's not exactly clear on the origin per se, but it's become much more commonly used the last 10 to 15 years. And um, I would say on the planet right now, there are at least three plus million people that identify with, with that terminology. And I believe that light workers are those of us who are raising the consciousness of the world right now. And we're bringing light into the world where there's darkness and we're helping others to see that we are all one and that everything we do affects one another. Mm. I do have in my novel, uh, how I define the term and I'll just briefly read that but in the beginning of my book I have a section called what is a Lightworker," and that is kind of the purpose and I wrote that a light worker is any person seeking a spiritual path of enlightenment, self-awareness, and a true understanding of who they really are. A light worker's quest begins with differentiating between who they were taught to be through their upbringing. And this would include our parents and uh, friends, uh, school, uh, you know, children, TV, social media. um, But choosing instead the life that we are meant to live, which I think is our soul's purpose. So step back and imagine a life of self-fulfillment and genuine happiness. A life of incredible bliss without labels, self-created illusions, or the fear of the opinions of others. A life filled with love, joy, faith, and inspiration. And a life in which you know the next steps in your journey will divinely appear exactly when you're ready for it. A light worker in my opinion, helps others to understand and honor their lives as an expression of love, not fear, and to unlock their own divine potential. They are an inspiration to those around them by helping others discover what truly brings joy and meaning into their lives. And a light worker is often... Believed to have perhaps volunteered before birth for their current life purpose, and as a light worker, we may even have special gifts from spirit, and that mm-hmm. could include high intuition, um, spiritual healing abilities, and we've learned to follow our instincts even when it doesn't always make logical sense. And Additionally, a light worker is most often drawn to counsel others, teach, write, work in the healing arts. They feel an inner calling to heal others and themselves and to heal the earth's environmental and social illnesses through their actions and efforts. And at the end of this, I ask the question Are you a light worker? And I do believe that many. There's so many of us out there that are potential light workers, And I think we can all choose to be a light worker in some form or fashion. It's our good deeds and by helping others that truly matter in this world. And we can choose to live a life that's focused on love and not fear or judgment or hatred of those that are different than us. And we know that there's a lot of that going on in the world right now. And in my novel, as I mentioned, my character, Kira, goes through this kind of unwinding process in which everything that she thought she was supposed to do and be is kind of stripped away. It's not made her happy. But once she goes through that healing and awakening journey, she discovers a life based on love, faith, God, and helping others. She becomes a light worker. And... uh, I um, also think an important concept to understand as well is that a light worker is not necessarily a full time job per, per se. It could be something that you do um, in your spare time, but choosing instead to treat others with respect and kindness. It's about helping other people see their lives from a place of love and to shine their own light in the world and to be of service. And this could even include volunteer work or helping preserve the environment or Mm. animal companions or social causes, as I kind of mentioned before. And light workers are often thought of as spiritual healers, teachers, you know, someone that shares truth, wisdom, meditation, uh, authors. And it could even include someone like yourself, Bob, that's a radio show host and brings light into the world through the, the wonderful guests that you have on your show that uplift and bring light into other people's lives. So. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, and, um, that's that is so true.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think that you're a light worker as well by the very work it is that you do. Um, it's it's bringing love and light into other people's lives and I do I define the term pretty broadly because I believe that we can all choose to be a light worker in some form or fashion if we want to and I'll just very briefly speak about what I think a light worker is not and I normally don't talk in the negative but uh this has kind of come up recently but light workers typically are not what I would call judgmental. And I know that's a very tough one because we're all naturally going to judge other people around us, and, and it's very natural to do that. But we do have to allow other people on the planet that are different than us to be who they are. And part of that is recognizing that everyone serves a purpose. And it's unknown to us what that purpose may be. It's God's plan. But if we can learn to focus on the commonalities, that's what ultimately unites us and brings us together. And our great spiritual teachers have learned not to focus on judging people. When we catch ourselves doing that, we just say, you know what, I'm going to step away. That's not where I'm going to focus my attention and I think um, Mother Teresa had a wonderful saying that a lot of people will be familiar with, that she said, if you invite me to a peace rally, you know, I, I will be there, I'll come. But if you invite me to an anti-war demonstration, I'm not going to be there. And the reason is you're focusing on the negative and you're creating more of that. But um, another uh, area for light workers is not relying on the opinions of others to feel good about themselves, I believe truly that has to come from within, and um, you just have to feel proud of yourself and be authentic, and, and that comes from within. You can't look for that affirmation outside of you. And I mentioned as well about being fear-based. A lot of lightworkers work very hard to not be afraid of what's going on in the world right now or that someone is out to get us or that someone's wrong if they don't agree with us. That comes from a fear-based perspective or ego. And again, it's focusing on the problem and not the solution. And then lastly, something I would say about lightworkers is trying to um, learn how to control anger. And again, we all get angry at some point, very Mm. normal feeling and emotion to have. But lightworkers try to look, for peace in the solution and to stay as positively focused as we possibly can. And that does take a lot of practice. But it's, I will note that it's very good to release negativity, sadness, anger, all those emotions because, and it's good to feel those emotions because it tells us where we're out of alignment with what it is that we want in life. So feeling Any of these emotions once in a while is very healthy, but just not all the time. Um, Again, you are focusing on the problem and and not the solution. And so a great example I'd love to share is here in the U.S., we're we're getting ready to have an election next week for a president. Yeah. Obviously, yes, it's very contentious, as you probably well know. So... I think if you were a light worker the way you would focus on this is you would choose a candidate that aligns with your beliefs and then you would focus on why you like that candidate and what is it that person's going to do differently or better and you would support that person with your time and whatever financial resources you might you know have available but what you would try to avoid doing is focusing on hatred for the opposing candidate because that becomes very fear-based, anger-based. And hatred, as we all know, is a very destructive emotion. and It alienates us from each other. And the truth is, no matter who gets elected in this particular example, the world will go on. Um, so again, I, I feel like we can all be lightworkers if we choose to help each other, to help our planet, our animal companions, our volunteer work. And it's really by discovering our true nature and our soul's purpose that we really find out what it is we're meant to do on this earth uh, with our lives. And I'm just curious, Bob, but do you consider yourself to
0: be a light worker? I do. I do. Um, I do my best. I, exactly what what you said about being a light worker. I I do. You know, we all we all oh, get oh, upset. Oh. We all get angry. We all yeah, say yeah. something, and after we said, "Oh God, we shouldn't have said that." Why did I say yeah. that? You know, uh, when you when you talk about spiritual does that run in your family at all? Then, and do people support you uh, what you do now?
1: You know, that's an interesting question because I stepped out of the corporate world and I've begun my spiritual path and they're very different. Uh, It's like apples and oranges. And I'm not really clear that anyone else in my family has an interest in this sort of thing per se. I think I have spiritual gifts, um, energy, healing, intuitive, uh, you know, a little bit of mediumship, just different things I've kind of figured out over the years that have are some of my spiritual gifts. And I finally just decided, you know, I know this kind of conflicts with working Somewhat in the business world, but I feel like it's my mission to do this, and I want to live my life's purpose. And it's been a tough decision, and I'm still in the midst of transitioning into this fully because I've only written my first novel. But I very much realize that I can be very prosperous, um, create the life you know that I'm looking to do, and follow my soul purpose. And I think. I'm just making my own decisions, you know, based on that. And uh, I think it is important to follow
0: your soul purpose. It is as well. You mentioned becoming an an author is, is your soul's purpose. Can you talk a little bit more specific about how someone can discover purpose in life? How do we know if we're following our soul's purpose?
1: That's a great question, Bob. I do appreciate you asking that. Um, As I was talking about earlier, if you're living a life that you don't feel is fulfilling, you're bored, you're exhausted, you're frustrated, you're unhappy, then you are not on your spiritual path. You're not in alignment. And that's not to say, as you mentioned yourself, that things are going to happen. We're all going to have ups and downs in our life, but overall, if you can't get up in the morning and have part of your day be something that gets you excited that makes you feel like you're making a difference in the world it's probably you're probably not on your spiritual path and for me I found the most simple way to do that was to ask ask God universe source energy what am I supposed to do with my life and then look for the guidance and that's what I did And Boy, did it come into me loud and clear in the most unexpected possible way. The next thing after you ask is to look and listen. Pay attention to the signs that come into you. So, for example, you may be driving down the, the road and there's a billboard, or maybe an event pops out at you that would be of interest to you, or words grab your attention. These are all messages to give you inspiration to pursue something. So a great example is I was talking to a friend the other day and she said that when she started on her spiritual path, she was in a bookstore and a book fell off of the bookshelf twice so she would pay attention. And she swears she doesn't know how in the world that book fell off the shelf. (laughs) But it grabbed her attention and she bought it and started reading it and it really propelled her forward on her own journey of discovery. Um, another really awesome tool is to meditate. And I think it's very important to learn to quiet your mind and be more in the present moment.
0: Hey, this Sherry, way- don't, uh, there are lots yes. of people say about meditation. Some people try and say, I can't, I can't just meditate. I can't have a quiet mind. Um, what yeah. would you say to them and how, and how to do it?
1: You know, I, I think um, like anything, practice makes perfect. When I first started meditating, I, my mind just races like uh, 100 miles an hour. I, I'm always thinking of so much. I've got, we have so much um, unconsciously going on in the background and really, you just have to, to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to take a class, I'm going to start pursuing meditation, and you just have to really learn how to, it's like anything else, you have to practice it to really learn how to quiet your mind. And there are a number of different types of meditation that you can do. I think um, uh, there's guided meditation, which I have a couple of those on my website. And that's where someone actually takes you, uh, you close your eyes, you relax, and someone verbally takes you through uh, a scenario, of a meditation that helps you just learn how to really relax. And that's a great first start to be able to um, pursue a meditation practice. And um, it's really nice, too, to be with a group of people It sort of amps up the whole effect of a meditation there's transcendental meditation is a very well-known type that you will pay and you'll go to a class but you learn to empty your mind and focus on a mantra so you're really kind of resetting your conscious thoughts that pop up all day and distract you it gets you more into the present moment and it teaches you that to make meditation be effortless with no concentration And that you, in that case, you're kind of transcending all thoughts. Another popular type of meditation is Buddha. It's actually from Buddhism originally, but it's mindful meditation. And that, again, you'll take a class. And that's about becoming more mindful or aware of things around you to stay in the present moment. So without any judgment. So you might concentrate or focus passively on like your breath sounds, sensations, reduced thoughts that come into your mind. But all of these can really be an amazing tool to really hear what spirit is trying to tell you because we all have intuition just about whether or not we can um, tune to it. And another uh, area to potentially help Uh, discover your soul's purpose your life purpose is to start meeting with like-minded folks so if you have an interest in something take a class whether it's online or live i know right now with covid we can't do as much live stuff but we'll eventually you know that will change Mm. but go to like social events when we're allowed to do that again but um for example if you like the idea of Reiki energy, you know, it sounds kind of cool. You've never experienced that before. It sounds like something you'd like to try. Then go to a Reiki energy healing circle and meet with like-minded folks and start getting out and gathering information about what gets you excited. And it might be that you just meet uh, with a group of people about a favorite charity because, because, again, that might be something that really interests you. But whatever interest you, pursue that topic. And uh, again, meet with like-minded people and start building your network. And then lastly, I think it's important when you're trying to discover your soul's purpose to set things in motion. You have to take action. You've got to take baby steps. And if there's something that you want to do, you have to start attempting to do it and get over your fear and some of our life's purpose, we can have multiple purposes in life. That might be being a parent, a really great parent could be, you know, your soul's purpose or being a teacher or helping others. But normally it'll be something that sort of calls you and you just know then your heart of hearts. You really want to do this. But sometimes it can be a fear that we have to overcome and it's not necessarily what always is that comes easiest to us. But again, if we, pursue our soul's purpose it's just could end up being the most rewarding thing that we we do in life and i'm very curious bob um what's your story i mean how did you discover your soul's purpose if you could share that i'd be very curious
0: many 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 years ago i was going through a bad time um going out drinking too much um doing lots of things um Grown man, uh, um, split from my wife, um, and then I moved about 200, 200 miles away to another, another place. Set up, um, started doing things where I shouldn't have done again, and met somebody who was quite nice, and then split up again. And I realised where I was going wrong, and I thought time for a change. In life yeah and it's yeah. strange somebody all them years ago said to me, this "Is a spiritual church opened up why will <laughs> you will you take me because I, I could give messages before that as well like and I said, go on then so I took her and it did change me more going back into a church and learning about myself um, where I'd gone wrong. And, and, and it has changed my life completely. More and more, I'm more happy now. Don't drink no more. Um, I try and share as much as I can with other people. Um, and I st- you still learn from other people. Every day you wake up and you, and you learn something different. Again, you think, well, I didn't know that. But I'll take that now. <laughs> And, and I, yeah. hopefully, I'll enjoy that with other people. And when I when I'm talking to people who are a bit down, I'll say, "Right, this is what I'm going to talk about." And after a bit, they'll they'll say to me, oh, "I feel a lot better now. Thank you, Bob, for that." And yeah, and yeah. I always I always and then I always say to them, "Look, I will be sending some healing tonight, and uh, that will help you rediscover yourself." Text Steps one, two, and three. And once you've done that, you'll feel a lot better. You know, and I've got people coming back to me saying, you're right what you said. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think it does. I think we're. it's like being a psychic medium. Everybody can, everybody's got it in them to be a psychic medium. Yeah. Some choose not to use it, and others do. Yeah, very much so. And... and you know, I think times times have changed over the years with spiritualism. Um, I think it's got a lot better. People out there are helping more people now in in that and ever and ever because if you said you were going to a spiritualist church and said, Are you all right then? Why are you going there? Yeah. But yeah. now people are understanding like alternative therapies. They're understanding yeah, more yeah. about that now uh, they'll they'll go and have some alternative therapy now well years ago you said no, I don't want that, and I think yeah, they ought yeah. to have alternative therapies in every doctor's surgery now around the world they ought to have somebody where you can go to and do some alternative to make you even feel better in yourself yeah, yeah, I agree with you don't no, you agree? yeah. yeah. And I think it's a, a great a great thing to have. And um, I just love doing my sort of work. You loved doing your sort of work. Um, yeah. And there'll be more books coming from you. I can see a, another one, uh, another three or four books coming your way. Um, yes. I you know you, it, some, sometimes it's quite hard to write sometimes, and other times, like you said, you could write for hours. It just yeah. comes out of you. It's like automatic writing. And you'll just set off. And then when you finish, you go, my God, how have I done that? I
1: know, you know, in me.
0: <laughs> but you get downloads as well. What do well. Yeah. I help you? yeah. And it just comes into yeah. you, and as quick as you're writing it, thoughts are coming through, and you're writing more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm and I'm so happy you've wrote, wrote your, your book, because um, it's good for you as well. Yes. It's yeah. learning it's about yourself, really... and it's been good yeah. for, for a learning process for you. Yes.
1: Yeah. It has indeed, it it has served many purposes,
0: so. You know, um, we're all right for time, yeah, we're all right for time, yeah, another 10 minutes, yeah. Um, Just curious, but spiritually, we we appear to be in a major reboot with everything going on in the world. What's your take on this? And how do you advise folks to get through all this chaos? yes that that's
1: a very good question Bob I I think that that is very much at the top of everyone's mind right now with the chaos that's going happening and you know what is the purpose of what it is we're experiencing right now and I've done quite a bit of research with uh, on many different spiritual leaders and there seems to be a consensus that we're in the midst of a global reboot so to speak and all the strife and polarization that's going on in the world is to actually help create a new and better world. And if you look at it from that perspective, things are surfacing and bubbling up that need to be healed. So, for example, on a personal basis, if you have an emotion that you've not dealt with, let's say something painful that's happened in your childhood, instead of taking it out and dealing with it, you've suppressed it. But the problem is it's in your subconscious mind and the issue is looming there in the background and it keeps resurfacing in your life. So until you recognize it and deal with it, it keeps coming back to haunt you. So that's what's really happening right now in the world. There's so many spiritual leaders that believe that everything happens for a reason. There are no mistakes and the unraveling that's going on in our world is also of the things that are no longer working. The systems that are crumbling that don't work that need to be replaced are monetary systems, our political systems, environmental issues, social causes. It appears right now that everything is sort of like falling apart. But the important thing to remember is that this is happening for a purpose, that these things need to be healed and changed and that new and better things are going to come. And a great example of that would be with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, One outcome of that was that people all of a sudden didn't commute to work in big cities. They didn't get in their cars and drive to work. They had to work from home. And Mm -hmm. without COVID, that would have been another 10 to 15 years before companies would have really decided that maybe that was a good idea. And the thing that companies realize, it's now become more of the new norm. They realize they're saving money on not having to pay rent for office space. And the biggest benefit of all of that was that the air quality cleaned up dramatically in a short two-month period. You could see that the smog, went away in large cities mm-hmm. and that the birds and animals were so much happier and that people noticed how quickly everything changed. So there actually was a greater good involved with the, the pandemic, so to speak. And that kind of brings us back to the, to the reboot, as I like, you know, we reboot our computers so that there's a lot of external things in the world that need changing, But then it's also working through our own stuff as well. So it's both of those things. Anything unresolved is going to bubble up this year. And in fact, um, one of my spiritual teachers that I follow is Panash Desai, who is an author and spiritual teacher. And he calls 2020 Trigger Fest. He says that if you haven't dealt with it in the past, it will be triggered this year and brought up for healing. (laughs) And I think we've all been been feeling that for sure, and um, so it's really a cleansing of the old things that don't serve a purpose so much in the world, and allowing the new to come into the world, and a lot of the spiritual teachers are saying that this is going to be a 10-year process, so we're really, uh, I've had that come up from numerous different people, and really, Ultimately, we're going to create a new, better world that's more in tune with where we want to evolve spiritually, and that we realize everything we do affects each other. And it's not about me, it's about we. And the thing, too, I think that's important is when the world is out of kilter, and this happens in our lives, you know, we look back, it happens in our past, we've had a very tumultuous year. But when the world is out of control, the only thing that we can be in control is of ourselves. We have to become the I in the middle of the storm or the hurricane. And, of course, I live here in Florida. We get lots of hurricanes. But we yeah. have to go in of ourselves, find our inner calm, our peace in the midst of that storm, and make a deliberate choice of how we handle that ourselves in each other going forward which i think is with love and respect and um you have to remember too that god made everyone so we can't look at people that aren't like us and uh, you know come from a fear anger perspective we have to say this is part of the process that we have to go through to make a change and um You know, often the thing that irritates us in another person is actually something that we want to change in ourselves. And that's kind of an interesting dynamic. So, for example, we can become irritated with someone who's loud and obnoxious. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we want to be loud and obnoxious, but we might be irritated because it's an unresolved aspect of ourselves. In this case, it might be that we don't speak up enough. for ourselves when we should and then there's obviously more of the direct correlations when um you know it's a, what we call our shadow self or something that we want to change like we don't like someone that gossips and it turns out that we're actually you know gossiping but in a lot of ways we've got to shift the consciousness of the world and create a world based on unity and what we have in common instead of where we're different And try to picture each day, you know, if you did that in all your relationships, what do I have in common with this person? Instead of, you know, where are we out of alignment? You'd find that the world could really change dramatically. And I really think that's an awareness of our greater truth that we need to sort of clean up our own stuff, learn to be thoughtful and kind again, make change. I definitely believe in making change that more in a, a positive you know, manner. And I truly think that 2020 is about creating clear vision. And a lot of spiritual teachers have said this as well, that this is our year, our opportunity to have a time out and see the world the way God sees it. It's beautiful, love, abundant, peaceful, in control of ourselves. And so by rebooting, kind of unplugging and starting over as many times as it takes to get it right. And let me tell you, I've had to restart numerous times to Mm -hmm. become sort of a peace and calm in the storm. And with we do all of that, I think we can all ultimately be lightworkers in this world if we choose to do so and make a difference and make our world a much better place. We can be the solution and come out of this even stronger.
0: That's yeah, so absolutely wonderful yeah you, you're so right what you're saying there as well where um we're coming to the end of the show where can people find you and where can they find your book? where can they get your new book yeah.
1: yes um my website is uh sherry a hembry that's s h a r i a h e in mary B as and boy r e e com I have links on there to Amazon and Barnes and Noble uh, under the shop section. Amazon actually has my uh, novel Journey of the Lightworker on sale for 50% off right now. The pricing is really excellent, and it does ship all over the world. Uh, so, in anywhere that someone wants to order it, they can do so. And I have some free meditations, guided meditations, on my website if, if folks sign up for my newsletter. I have a series of five guided meditations that can be purchased pretty inexpensively for about $8 U.S. And um, I'm on social media. Once you go onto my website, I'm on most major social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. I do posts daily of inspirational messages to help people feel good. So I'd love to connect with everyone. And let's, let's raise the light in the world right now. I think we need it.
0: I do as well. Well, so uh, you know when you are talking about just a quickie, just a, a quickie about this. When you were saying about um, right. on lockdown and everything like that, uh, I lived near the seafront, and when lockdown was down and nobody was allowed out, uh, I went out a couple of times and I saw deer on the seafront, and that has never ever been known um, right. in all the thirty-five years I've been in Briglington I'm. Um, um, the deer was uh, there were three, know, not just one. There were five on the sea front.
1: Right.
0: You know yeah. that's true. What you're saying about birds coming out and animals coming out because there were no cars about, yeah. nobody, um, nobody walking. Um, it smelled better. The air was so fresh. It, it was absolutely yeah. amazing. But you it was know. Like there, a Oh, yes. Well, thank you for that, for, for fetching that up as well. I'm sure everybody can resonate with that around the world as well. But um, it's been so nice having you on the show. You'll be welcome oh, back oh, any time oh. again. Uh, it's been lovely listening to your stories and, um, and about, about your book and about, yeah, yeah. you know, um, listening to yourself and, and um, learning about your body. As well as another thing, um, because we don't, um, that's why people abuse their bodies and, um, you know, you, you've got to listen to your, to your body, you know when to slow down and, and do yeah. a bit of meditation and relax. You know, we all get we stressed have have out them. in life and that's the way to do it. Yeah. But so yeah. thank you, Sherry, for coming on the show. It's been absolutely wonderful.
1: Oh it's my pleasure, Bob. I very much enjoyed it today. Thank you for all that you do
0: Well, thank you for you you know what you do and getting your book out there. I'm sure everybody will read it will resonate with it and think, my God yeah she's right what she's saying there yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and, well, all the best for the future um i'll be I'll yeah. get in touch with you after Christmas um, we'll see where we're going and I'll invite you back on the show again
1: sounds wonderful thank you so much
0: you take care and uh, enjoy the rest of your day thank you to Susan being the producer of the show my guest on Friday is we'll find him in a minute He's trying to get away from me. I thought I'd lost him there for a minute. He's um, from Germany. Uh, we'll be talking about drop circles, UFOs, and um, lots of different other things. Hey, I have got, got it somewhere here. Yeah, here we go. Marcel. C. Ferret is um, from Germany, is uh, a great guy, knows a lot about crop circles, so it'd, it'd be a great. Um, that's three o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Pacific, and 7p in the UK. And uh, I know in the U, um, we've already put our clocks back already this um, and I think in America you put yours back this weekend, I think.
1: Yes, we do.
0: Uh, And then good night and God bless wherever you are around the world. Bye for now.